Well, it, the truth is, you, we kind of jump into a message, but it, it's worth just being able to say that this moment feels a little bit shaky in the world. I don't know if it's ever felt as shaky as it does right now. I'm certain that those that were uh, around during World War II felt these kinds of things. But when you feel unrest that's going on globally, I mean, we, one, we just finished a series addressing some major issues that are going on in our own nation uh, as we operate as a people, but then you've had, you know, we've had, a, a, there's a war in uh, Russia and Ukraine, and that's been going on, and now we see what's, you know, they're experiencing in Israel and the war on terror against terror there, and so it's, um, uh, it's a shaky time, and I don't know that it's ever felt as shaky as it does right now, and the truth is we don't really even know the full ramifications of all of what's taking place. There's all kinds of partnerships and geopolitical things happening, and we could try to, to, to guess what's about to happen, but the truth is we don't know everything. And so it feels a little bit like uneven ground. And the question is, okay, well, how do we set our feet on a rock? How do we set our feet on solid ground in this hour? And what does that mean for us here and what does that mean for the people of God around the world? If you're in the nations that they're experiencing these kinds of things, it already feels like the world's a little bit on fire as it is. Not just that it's about to be on fire, but it is on fire. And there's fear of the ramifications or what are happening around the world. And so the question is, when the world feels shaky, what do we do? And I think there's a few ways to handle it. One... And we've even talked about this a little bit before, but you can turn off the news. You can bury your head in the sand a little bit and just be like, hope it all kind of works out, right? Um, but that's never really helpful. It's called avoidance. Um, and that's what we do when we're not sure, when we feel and experience fear. And the problem with that is that we don't get to actually be a help to anyone because the truth is this, the entire world is looking for something solid. The whole world is looking for something of substance. We believe that in Christ, we carry all the substance that the world is desperate for. And so we can do the avoidance thing, or we can swing the pendulum and we can do the freaking out thing which is like the sky is falling and you better watch out for your lives because they are in peril. And so get your guns and get your canned goods because they're coming for your children. Who's coming for your children? They are. I don't know who, but they're coming, right? So you can swing the pendulum all the way over to chaos, right? So you can do the avoidance thing or you can do the panic thing. But the panic thing doesn't even work as well because you sound hysterical and you're not helping anyone either. Now hear this. I am not in any way, shape, or form against turning off the news from time to time. I think it's probably helpful. Nor am I against having some canned goods and firearms, okay? This is Tennessee, okay? <laughs> I'm not, it's not, you have to be against those things. The problem is those things can't rule our lives. They're not helping anyone in any significant way, and they certainly actually aren't helping ourselves, our own hearts, our own souls. None of that inherently fixes what is going on inside of the heart. You can avoid, you can panic, but it isn't fixing what's going on in here. 
So that's what we got to turn our heart to. That's what we got to turn our eyes. Avoidance doesn't work. Panic doesn't work. It's not going to alleviate what the fear that goes on in our hearts. And when we experience anxiety or worry or doubts and the world feels shaky. And so you shut yourself off from the world or you can try to, to, you can become, listen, you can get a control person or doomsday prepper or whatever you want to do. But that doesn't fix the deep, deep need we have to experience and to have real and lasting peace. And so we get to ask the question, okay, what is God doing when the world feels shaky? What's he doing? Well, first, there's 10,000 things, 10 million things that God, he's the sovereign of the universe. The Lord was not surprised by what took place in the last week or the last month, the last year, the last 10,000 years. Not surprised by any of it. We can be sure that, I'll say this, when Israel is involved in things, there's something prophetic that is taking place. Uh, We're going to take an opportunity in the next few weeks to even just put our finger on that and ask, okay, God, what are your promises when these things are happening? And ask, God, what are your prophetic promises in Israel? There's some things the scripture has to say that we'll be trying to address that as we do this series on the promises of God. The question what we really want to ask in a personal way is, what is God doing in me when things feel shaky? What is God doing in me? That's where we get to start. So before we fix the world, and the world needs plenty of fixing, we get to ask the question, okay, Lord, what are you doing in me right now in this hour? Jesus gets to answer that question for us in John chapter 14. You guys are there. Let me just sum up what's happening. Jesus has let the cat out of the bag. And he's told his disciples, um, some things are coming that are going to be incredibly challenging for you. And right in the chapter before, as he's gathered them together, he's letting them know, I'm going uh, to die. And the disciples are not handling it very well. And they're kind of pushing back on him And he says, listen, one of you tonight is going to betray me. All of you tonight are going to fall away on account of me. Peter, you're going to deny me. This is what's being disclosed to these men in this room at this moment. The world feels shaky. By the way, I don't know if you've ever tried to put yourself uh, in their shoes, I don't know if you've ever tried to do that before, but you've just given your life to this man and following after him, you've seen him do unbelievable, you've seen Jesus turn the world upside down and do unbelievable things. You bet your bottom dollar, they're like, no, we're not gonna let you die. We wanna keep this thing going. We're not letting you go this way. And Jesus says, you guys don't fully understand. It's going to get dark for a moment but I have something for you. So he says in John chapter 14, as he's addressing these men, listen, the world's shaky, but hear this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Now, why is he saying this? Because Jesus knows sometimes it has to get darker before you end up seeing the light. You ever been there? Have you ever heard that phrase, uh, the darkness is always at its darkest right before the dawn. And 
you've experienced that too sometimes. Come on. That's a real life experience these, these men are having in this moment with Jesus and he's wanting to say something to them. Now, this isn't just a saying that Jesus is giving. He's trying to call him to hold on to a truth. And the question is this, okay, let not your heart be troubled and how do we hold on? And what he's going to say is, I've got this. What he's going to say is, I need you to lean into the promises of God. When the world feels shaky and when your heart feels troubled, here's my answer. You lean into the promises that I have for you. And that's what he's going to say here. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe. There it is. There's the word. So if you want to deal with what's going on internally, believe. When our hearts feel troubled, it's time actually to address what we actually believe. Now listen. God's always looking to do heart work first. I think it's the most amazing thing. Listen, Jesus wants to, listen, he's gonna try to take, in fact, he says, I'm gonna take care of your needs. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna wash and walk. I'm gonna cover you. I'm a father. I see that you have needs. These aren't unimportant to me, but God's always looking to do the heart work first. I always wanna do heart work First, that's where God's at, in which half of the room you're going like, yes, let's do some heart work. That's awesome. And the other half of you are like, crud. Could you just, pastor, just give me the three points of the sermon so we can get out of here and go, right? Come on. And God's just going, hey, let not your hearts be troubled. So here, believe. Now, do you think for any one moment that these men don't believe in what God has been doing or don't believe in Jesus. They believe it so much. They're like, we're gonna die for you. We'll do whatever it takes. You're not going to the cross. This is, we're gonna stand and make this thing happen. They're all in on this thing. Why is he telling them to believe? Because hear this, believing is not a one-time moment when you're 13 and you get baptized, believing is right now for today. What does your heart believe? What do you believe? When the world is shaky, we get to be confronted with what do you actually believe? And I feel pushed in my heart. What do I believe about God? What do I believe about his son and his spirit alive in me. And he's saying, okay, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and you believe in me. Why? Because I've got promises for you. Now here's the promise. In my father's house, chapter 14, verse 2, are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I'd go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be 
also. There are going to be moments in life where the world feels shaky, when things don't feel settled, when fear wants to come in and take over, which descends into anxiety or control or avoidance or panic. And all of those things are very human experiences we have. And Jesus is saying, here's my promise. When life seems shaky, I am not when the world feels shaky, I'm not. And he says, he gives us two promises here. And he says this, one, I'm gonna make a home for you, one. And two, I'm coming to get you. These are the promises. So you're gonna have to hold on to that, boys, is what he's saying. And he's gonna say, you gotta hold on to that new river. When the world feels shaky, you don't have to avoid or you don't have to panic. I want you to hold on and believe. And here are my promises. I've got a home for you, and I'm coming to get you. And do you believe? And do you believe? Everything else can be crumbling, but my plans aren't. And I'm making a home that is ready for you. Now, what is it that makes a home feel like home? You think of home. I love home. I like thinking about it. You can ask my kids. I say it all the time. My favorite place to be is in our living room, in our house. You can go out on the cool vacations, just want to hang. I love it. I thank God for home. What is home? It's where you feel safe. It's where you feel cared for. It's where you feel covered. It's where you feel thought of. It's where you feel valued. That's home. That's what it's meant to be, meant to look like. I remember... Uh, three years ago, it's been three years, when the quarantine happened, COVID. And um, everybody had a lot, one, they had a lot of extra time at home, which is good-ish. So you had, some, you had good time home, right? But then you had to also decide what you were going to do with that time. You were trying to figure out what you were going to do. And some of, you were, some of you were three years into having a, a dog, and that was a bad decision. But there you are, all right? <laughs> You're there. You can't get it. Get, can't get away from that decision. I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> By the grace of God, our family built a garden. That's what we did. Why did we build a garden? Well, the truth is this. My, why she built, and by the way, it's the most beautiful garden. It, I mean, I'm a little biased, but it's the most amazing, little beautiful little garden. It's awesome. Pretty. Our whole family built it together. It was great. It's awesome. Why did we build that? Because... My wife, when she was growing up, would go to her grandmother's house. And her grandmother had chickens. And she had the garden. And she would go with her and harvest and pick things. And it was the most magical and amazing and safe and covered and powerful place in all of her existence growing up. It was beautiful. It was meaningful. And so she just wanted to to be able to have that again and to be able to pass that on to our kids, to be able to give that away. Why? Because home is amazing. Because that's what we want to create. Every one of us have our unique thumbprint or fingerprint. We craft these spaces of rest and we craft these places of safety and care and covering that are unique to each one of us. You maybe have a garden, maybe you don't. You're going like, garden doesn't help me in any way, shape, or form. I don't need that in my life, right? 
But you have something when you think of home that is meaningful to you. Why? Because when life is shaky, what do we want to do? We want to have a home to run to. When things don't feel settled, the question is, do you and I experience the covering that we all so long to have? We have something that tells us that there's something that's right and there's something that's safe. And the world's looking around, by the way, in the middle of the unrest. And they're looking at the world around them going, this isn't it. This isn't it. And today we get a reminder, this is not our home. It's not our final hope. It's not our final destination. And the promise that God wants for us to lean into is that there is a home being made and it will not be shaken. And is your heart okay? And is your heart believing and trusting that there's a home? Does that give rest to you? That's the point of Jesus in the moment of saying, why is he saying, let not your hearts be troubled? Because he's going, yeah, of course you're afraid. Of course things don't feel solid. I know where your hearts are at, men. To his disciples, he's saying, hey, just for clarity, you guys are going to fail. Man, this is amazing, by the way. God of the universe, sitting with these men, and he's looking at them going, it's going to be a rough few days for you guys. Like, I'm all in with you. Come here. I'm all in with you. But you're going to fall short. All of you. So is he like stamping his foot, waiting for you to get it together? No, he's saying, I have promises for you. You need to hear this. You're going to fall short, but I have promises for you. Whatever way that you fail, whatever way it's not, your life doesn't measure up or doesn't hit the mark, you need to understand, I have promises for you. Do you believe? Do you trust me? Can your heart be ready to trust me when it seems like it's the darkest? This is actually the work of faith. This is the place of the heart in which God's asking us and calling us to actually do the work. Do you believe? In your fear, don't panic, don't avoid, don't try to take over, don't try to take control, come home. That's what he's saying. In your fear, don't avoid, don't panic, don't try to take over or take control, come home. Come home. Because the second promise is, because I'm coming after you. Now, how good is that, church? Come on. Not only am I making a home for you, but I'm coming after you. He says, I'm going to bring you to my, I will bring you to myself. That's not, that's not a phrase you hear often. But Jesus wants to be really clear. When things are shaky, I'm coming to you and I'm bringing you to myself. That's not, by the way, that's not just a location. That's a heart shift. Jesus isn't just talking about a location. He's actually talking about a heart shift. I'm coming 
I'm going to go. I told you I'm going to go. I'm preparing a place for you. I'm making a home for you. And I will come to you and I'm going to bring you to myself. I'm taking this all the way. I'm taking you all the way. Are you with me? Do you trust me in the dark hour? He goes on in that same evening. He's having that conversation. He's praying over his disciples and then he's praying over every person that will ever come to know him. In John chapter 17, his father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before you, before the foundation of the world. What's he saying? God, these men, these people, these followers, he's praying for really for everyone that you've given me. I want them to be with me. I want them to be with me where I am. And he says this, praise this, actually. He says, I made known to them your name, and I'll continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and that I would be in them. Meaning his stated desire is this. I want them to be with me where I am. And I want them to be filled up with the love, Father, that you have had for me. Now, what an unbelievable prayer. You want to know what Jesus is thinking, wanting, longing, desiring, praying for you? I want their heart bursting with love for me in the same way that the Father has loved me. How's the Father love the Son? Well, let that blow your mind for a minute. How much does the father love the son? Incomprehensible. And he's saying, that's what I want for them. It's what I want for Keith. It's what I want for New River. It's what I want for this place. That the way that we love is how we get made ready to be with him. That's where Jesus is taking us, right? That's where he's leading us. That's the story that Jesus is writing for every one of us. You want to know what he's trying to accomplish, where he's trying to lead you, where he's trying to take you? Listen, all your relationships and all the where you live and the people that you know and the family that you have and the jobs that you have and all of that. God's using all that for one purpose and one design to weave it all together for our heart to burst with love for Jesus the way the fathers loved Jesus. That's what he's trying to aim at. So he's going, I'm using circumstances. It's going to seem shaky. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I got promises for you. I've got something anchored for you, for your soul, for forever. They can try to take your body. They can try to take your life. But they cannot take my promises over you. I've got something for you, and I'm coming to get you. So I want you to walk with me. And here's my prayer, Father, let them love me the same way you've loved me. This is the answer. Not only am I making a new home for you, one that's gonna, by the way, surpass your wildest expectations, but I'm doing something now. I'm writing that story now. I'm writing a new story for your life. Those that put their hope and put their faith and put their trust in Jesus, you get to be made new in a new life and a new home. And so you and I have actually a new story that's unfolding. It's fresher. It's more powerful. 
And every one of us are one day closer to experiencing it as we step into it more and more. And so everything about our lives, every battle, every victory, every joy, every moment, every laughter, every tear shed, they're all meant to lead us closer and nearer to him, to trust him, to believe so that you and I can come home. So it's not just go there someday, by the way. He's saying, I'm coming now, meaning come home now. Come home now. You get to start a new story, a new life, even now. Your life is an unfolding story. Some of you are avid readers. You guys, any readers? You like to read? Readers? A few of you. Everybody else is like, I like the movie version better, so that's fine. Everybody loves, you know what, what people do love? A page turner. They love a story where you like, you're reading and you're like, okay, it's, I know it's time to go to bed, but just one more chapter, right? Everybody loves a page turner. I love, um, there's several books I've read. I, loved, I read The Martian. That was a great one. I don't know if you've ever read that. I'm not, I don't know why I'm advocating for The Martian, but it was good. The book called The Unbro- uh, Unbroken, it was phenomenal. Great, great, great stories. You love these stories where you can't put it down. You can't stand the thought of waiting another day. Hear this. Listen to me. Your story is a page turner in Christ. You and him. It's a page turner. That's where you stand with him. You're going to go through all kinds of ups and all kinds of downs. You're going to be in that place at times where it feels like it's darkest And you don't even know that you feel like you can see a chance to see the dawn. You've had some great victories. You've had some crushing defeats. You've walked through it all. Your story is a page turner. The Lord stepping back and orchestrating and bringing forth something beautiful and powerful and Glorious in you. And Jesus is here writing new chapters, new stories, new ways to overcome broken places in you and new power for you to be able to press through towards victory and new levels of joy and peace in the midst of chaos and heartbreak. You are the character in the story that God is writing. You have a page turner in you. And all the events of our lives are leading us to do some, to step into something fresh. And Jesus is saying, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe. I have promises for you. Trust me. Come on this journey with me. Walk with me. Okay, pastor, how do I come home? How do I walk and how do I come home? How do I step into this story? What does it look like for me to do that? Well, number one, here's the, by the way, here's the three points for you guys, the three-pointers, all the hard work people. All right, here's my, for you, three-pointers. Number one, just, we got to bring our fears to the Lord. Listen, you, you might be okay with what's going on around the world, like, that's not really relevant to me, but I do have some worries about this in my home. I'm not sure. Some of you are like, you got something in front of you, you're like, I don't know what decisions to be making. I don't know which way to go right now. And you feel anxious and you feel worried and you feel concerned. And the Lord just wants to say, number one, 
bring your fear to him now. I have, and would confess, I have felt so much shame in my life for feeling fear, anxious, worried, like I don't know what to do next at times. Because Christian leaders are supposed to have it all figured out. And so what you do is you feel shame when you feel like, I don't know what the right next step is, or I don't know what to do, or Lord, I feel concerned about this. And I'm telling you, the Lord, when you would experience fear, he isn't saying, well, shame on you because perfect love casts out fear. What's wrong with you? What he's saying is when you feel fear, you bring it to me and my love will begin to cover you. That's what he means by that scripture. He isn't saying, well, my perfect love is supposed to cast out fear. Why do you have some? What's wrong with you? What he's saying is when you feel fear, would you be real with me? And tell me about it, because I have things to say to you. Don't try to take control over your life. Tell God, here are my fears, here are my anxieties, here are my hopes, here are my desires, and just be human with God. Here's the secret. Be human with God. What a wild idea. What does it mean to be human with God? It means you're God and I'm not. So I could pose and try to act like I got it all together or I could just be real and authentic with you and say, I don't know what to do. There it is. Sharing with my wife, even just this week, an image that the Lord, I was spending time with the Lord, he gave me this picture of myself and I'm, I'm just like spinning my wheels trying to do great things for God and great things for her and great things for my kid and great things for the church and I'm exhausted. The Lord just gave me this little picture. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that anymore. And you know what the Lord's saying? Come home, man. Come home. You don't have to spin your wheels. I never asked you to spin your wheels in the first place. Come home. What are you worried about? What are you anxious about? Bring your fear to the Lord. Stop spinning your wheels and, and come home. I've prepared a place for you and I'm coming to get you. Come home. Come home now. There's a, there's a final home we're gonna get to. But church, what's the point of being here in this hour if we can't come home now, right? That's the point of faith is to live in our home now. That's the point until he comes again. Then two, just listen, ask God for freedom to be present with him. That's what we get to do. Okay, I'm coming home. Here's my fear. Now, here's what, what do we do? God, show me your goodness. I'm here. I'm present. Would you give me freedom to be here in this moment? Not just someday, but home where God is with you to interact with him. And I'm just going to be honest with you, it's going to take a minute to be present with the Lord. The Americans are good. I mean, we're so good at going, 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 going. There's so much to do. There's news to read and things to listen to. And we got kids and we got spouses. We got jobs. We got things. And just, would you ask the Lord, God, would you just give me freedom to just be here with you? Just sit here for a minute to be present with you to like hear from you, walk with you, 
I was just journaling the other day. I wasn't asking for some beautiful prophetic picture in my life. I was just taking time, time to journal. And the Lord spoke to me. And I'm, just for clarity, I'm not super Christian. With all, that gets all the cool pictures. In fact, I'm the, not that guy. Some of you guys get amazing visions and dreams and pictures, and I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I, don't, I don't get anything. I never, I, you know, I don't. I'm just being gut level honest. But you know what? Just open the Bible. I'm just journaling my guts out to the Lord, and he gave me a picture, and it's changed me. Dang. What are we doing? Come home. Wherever you feel fear, come home. That's what he's asked. That's what Jesus is promising. And then just ask the Lord, Lord, give me a zeal to live until we're finally home. Meaning, I will not just exist in this life. I am not here to just, listen, church, you are not here to just live this life, eke it out to get to your final home. Man, come on. We're not made to avoid. We're not made to panic. We're going to step into the fullness of God's covering. I've made a home for you, and I'm coming to get you. So come home and be with me, and trust me, believe while we walk this life out. So we can listen to the news. We can gather canned goods. We can do all the things. We can care for each other. We can be with each other in this for each other, championing each other. We don't have to be afraid. We can bring our fears to the Lord in a very real way. That's what life is meant to be. We aren't just existing. We're living life to the full. God, give me a zeal to live. I want to live. I want to be alive. And I think that's what God's asking us to trust him in. Luke, you can come up. We don't have any idea what story God's unfolding in us. All we know is this. He's writing a story as a page turner. If you call on the name of Jesus, your story is unbelievable. It's, it's finishing in an unbelievable way beyond anything you could possibly think, ask, or imagine. So you're on the journey. You may have had a tough chapter four. Your chapter 12 is rough. But listen, this is where you're landing with him. Maybe it feels like your life is falling apart or it has fallen apart. But your ending and where the Lord's leading you is unimaginable if we'll trust him. And so there's stories that are being written. And so let's make ourselves ready. Would you guys stand with me? We're just gonna finish this morning by getting a chance taking these last four minutes to come home. Jesus, so incredibly, we are so incredibly grateful that you've not left us alone. but you've gone to prepare a place. You have these promises for us that are ironclad if we'll just believe. 
and you've prepared a place for us where we can trust you. That you have more for us than eking out an existence, but you have fullness of life. If we'll believe, so I'm asking, Lord, help us to believe. And so we'll do that first by just now bringing you our fears. Would you bring to the Lord right where you're at, no one else, would you offer as an act of worship all of your fears to the Lord? You don't have to hide in shame from them. Would you bring them to the Lord? Maybe it's global or maybe it's just something that's broken. Relationships. Maybe you've got some decisions to make ahead and you don't know what to do. Would you offer to the Lord right now? Lord, here are my fears. Here are my worries. Here's my anxiety. And give it to you. you be honest with the Lord? Here it is. Now, Lord, make the exchange. I'll give you my fear. I'll let you come in and speak. Would you bring me home? Would you ask him, Lord, here's my fear. Now will you bring me home? Let me come home. Let me rest. Let me know I'm covered. I'm thought of. Some of you have felt abandoned by the Lord. It's untrue. It's a lie from the enemy. Some of you felt like God's a million miles away. He's right here. Come home. I've prepared a place for you. If you're here, you've never followed Jesus, you've never given him your life, never asked him to be Lord and King, he's right here right now. The reason he went to the cross is so that you might have a home with him. You can ask him right now, cover me, forgive me, heal me, cleanse me of sin and brokenness. Let me have a home with you forever. So, Lord, we, in worship, give you our fears. We come home to you. And now, Lord, let us live. Would you ask him, God, let me live. Take steps. By faith, trust you. Listen to your voice. What are you asking me to do? How can I respond? How can I say yes? What would you have me do, Lord? Let our hearts be at rest with you at home. Eager to live lives of passion, 
to see our story being written, pages turned, milestones accomplished, valleys that we've faced, but we'll come through it all because we trust you. Thank you, Lord. We know the Lord is here to lead. I'm gonna close us in our benediction here. We'll have some prayer partners that would love to pray with you. We want to be a praying church and ask God to move and settle and change and transform. So if there's any way we can partner with you or pray with you, I'm going to pray. I am going to pray over the nation of Israel now. Would you pray over her with me? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would go before and draw people to yourself. We pray that even in this dark hour, that they would experience the dawn coming to see you as provider, protector. That they would know Jesus, Messiah. He would be revealed in supernatural ways to this nation. And they would turn their heart to you and it would ignite revival across the earth. And we know that only you can do it. Holy Spirit, so we trust you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.